Amen. Get well, so grateful to be able to connect with you uh, from wherever you might be today. And thank you for being flexible. Uh, we struggled with the call this morning on uh, whether or not we could gather in person and talking with officials in our area. It just felt like it was the best thing uh, if we didn't have uh, hundreds of folks coming out on the roads uh, together, not sure what the conditions were. So thanks for being flexible and so glad that uh, technology allows us to be able to connect with each other uh, remotely through uh, a screen. So hopefully you are uh, engaging the best you can as we worship together today. We are in a series called Give It a Try. And we're exploring together some of the ways that God has given us the ability to know him and be known by him, to embrace him and his grace through relationship by faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, there's some things that God has given us that we call means of grace. Last week, we talked about giving it a try when it comes to God's word, to commit to getting into God's word and praying through it and reflecting on it daily. And next week, we're going to talk about prayer. How do we uh, engage God in prayer? How do we listen to God in prayer and commit to him in that relationship? We're going to wrap this series up talking about understanding that we have a calling, that God's given us a purpose in this life uh, to join with him and what he's doing in the world. And we want to commit to serving. But today, I want to talk about give it a try when it comes to community. Now, it wasn't lost on me, uh, the irony of today's message being community as we're having to try to connect with each other from afar. But maybe this is just the word that we need today uh, to encourage us as we move forward. I think about my own journey and life. Community uh, has been a hard thing to find, but one of the most important things in my life. I grew up moving around a lot, and so community was hard to find. Every year moving to a new place, you're navigating, trying to create new friendships and new relationships, and community was hard. Uh, eventually got into a place in high school, made some good friends and rooted in a place and began to find some real deep community. And like many of you, went on to college and began to enjoy all the community that is provided for you there. Went on to seminary and uh, was married. And my wife and Jesse and I found some incredible community to help walk us through that hard season of trying to figure out our calling and who God was and what God's doing and, and how to lead and how to be in ministry and how to be married and, and all that stuff and had some great community. And then I remember getting my first real full-time job outside of school and getting a house and, and being a grown-up and doing all those adult things. And I remember one day it hit me that all the community that we once enjoyed so very much had kind of disappeared. And the realization hit me that for so many years through high school and college and seminary in particular, community was kind of provided for me. And I realized, you know what, I don't really know how to do community. And the irony was is that perhaps in that season of life, I was more connected than any other season of life. And when you want to talk about relationships or connections with other people at that season of life, I had more connections than I'd ever had in my life, but I was lacking community. I didn't really know people. 
and what was going on in their world and what was going on in their life. And I wasn't really known by people. And I kind of lived in this bubble where I was surrounded by people, but lonely and kind of isolated. And I think that might just be really the greatest epidemic of our world in 2022 is that we are more connected than we've ever been before through all the platforms of social media and all the groups that we're a part of and, and the things that we gather to do, even in the midst of COVID, you know, the way that we try to connect with each other. But at the same time, I think that, that we're more lonely and isolated and depressed than we've ever been before. And you don't have to just take my word for it. Uh, surveys over the last couple of years have showed not just the highest levels of isolation and loneliness and depression, but growing levels. That every year we're doing worse off than the year we were before and people are isolated and lonely even though they're connected all around. And here's the truth that I, I finally landed on as I've been struggling with this. Is that we really need to move beyond just connection to enjoy the gift of community. That we can be connected and still not really know people at a, a deep level and not be known by them. And so what does it take for us to move from being connected to community? It takes a couple of things. Number one, it takes time over time. That I've got to understand it doesn't happen in an instant. And isn't that the struggle for so many of us is that when we try to give something a try, we don't see immediate results. And so we want to give up. And so when it comes to community, we're like, oh, I tried that life group. I tried that small group. I tried that equipped class. I tried that Sunday school. You know, and I just didn't feel like I was connected. Well, how long did you try it? Well, two weeks. And it takes time over time with one another. It takes a level of commitment that this is a priority for me. And that I'm going to invest in this. And ultimately it takes for us the courage to be vulnerable with other people. That ultimately what really takes us beyond just connection to community is to allow ourselves to be known. Now, this is who I am and this is what I'm wrestling with. And here's my fears and insecurities and hopes and dreams. And I want to allow you into this space to do life with me. What would it mean for us in 2022 to move beyond connection that we would embrace community? And this was not just a priority of the early church, but it was really a foundation for everything that they did. Community with God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit and community with one another. And we can learn from them some timeless truths about how we can embrace that as well. So I want us to look at this together. So uh, you're sitting there on the couch or you're in the kitchen, uh, grab your Bible. We're gonna turn to Hebrews chapter 10 and we're gonna look at this together. The gift of community and how we can embrace it and give you a second to turn there. Hebrews chapter 10 and we're gonna be in verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with a full assurance that faith brings. One of the things we're going to talk about is having community with God and the invitation that he gives us. And it goes on. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. 
This is the foundation of our community that we have something we're moving toward together. For he is who he, he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good, good deeds, not giving up meeting together. That there's a commitment to spend time together over time with the courage to be vulnerable with one another, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now we obviously have a different context we're not living in the first century uh, in the Roman Empire, but there are some timeless truths for us that we can take away today about how we can embrace and enjoy the gift of real community. Now, let me provide some context real quick about who the early church was and what they were doing and, and how they lived. So early followers of Jesus they had, some of them had seen Jesus and his ministry. Some had just heard about it, but they're giving their lives to follow the way, trusting that Jesus was the Messiah and that they're following his instruction and his lead, put their faith in him that Jesus did for us what only God could do out of his deep love and compassion for us that we could have the hope of eternal life. And it wasn't just something that they believed. It impacted everything about the way that they lived. And they gathered together on a regular basis, really in house churches, where they did two things. They gathered for worship and they gathered for fellowship. Now, the first thing that they did was they gathered for worship. They gathered for a couple of things, for the Lord's Supper, to remember and celebrate the offering that Jesus gave by dying on the cross and rising from the dead, remembering how Jesus pointed us to that even before he did it. So they gathered for the Lord's Supper. They gathered for singing and praising God and lifting up hymns. They gathered for prayer and inviting God to move and do miracles in their midst. And they gathered to reflect over the truth of God's word and what they had seen Jesus do and what they heard Jesus say. Gathered together for worship, but they also gathered for fellowship, that they supported each other and encouraged one another and lifted up the burdens that they had and they prayed for each other, gathered there together and fellowshipping and sharing their lives to be known and to know in a very real way. And we are invited to the very same things, that we could worship God and fellowship together, not giving up on this commitment to engage and embrace, not just connection, but community. So I want to lift up a couple of things about how we do that. How do we embrace this gift that God has given us to go beyond just being connected and to embrace community? Here's the first thing, and we find it in verses 19 through 22. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Let me pause there for just a minute. What in the world is a writer of Hebrews talking about? They're actually pointing back to the Old Testament to something called the Day of Atonement, where once a year the high priest, by the invitation of God, would go into the holy place where the God, presence of God resided, and they would make an offering to atone, to substitute for the sins of the people that they could be in relationship with God. And they would come behind the curtain that separated the, the regular gathering place from the holy place where God resided, and they would come in once a year by invitation to make this offering. 
And what the writer of Hebrews is telling us is that Jesus was the final offering, that Jesus on the cross and in the empty tomb did what only he could do and dealt with sin once and for all. It is finished, he said. And so by his invitation, we can do what now? Boldly come into the presence of God. That without any hesitation or any hindrance or any boundary, God has made a way where there was no way where we can come into the holy presence of God every day, every moment, be in relationship with him. And this is the gift that Jesus has given us. And so because he's given us that gift by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God who is Jesus. He is a God who knows us in what we're walking through. And because we have that priest of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Here's what the writer of Hebrews is talking about, is that we gather together for worship. We come into the presence of God with boldness and assurance. We draw near to him with the assurance that faith brings to find ourselves in God's presence and to honor him with praise and worship and our offerings of our lives. Now, there's a couple of things that the early church discovered about worship. They discovered that worship is both formational and it's instructive. It's formational in that when we gather in God's presence, we are literally shaped into the reality and the life of God. That when we gather to worship, even online, is that we are submitting ourselves to God's truth, but we're also fixing our gaze and our attention on the reality of the kingdom of God instead of all the distractions of the world around us. Because every single day, there is a battle of vision that we face. There is the vision of the world that is distorted and it is twisted and it's always calling for things from us and it never fulfills the promises that it gives. And then there's the vision of the kingdom of God that is based on truth. It is reality. It is what we face when we, when we figure out that this is what life is all about and that God invites us into that and we can fix our our thinking and our feeling and our souls on that reality of God. It forms us and shapes us into faithful people of the way, following Jesus with our eyes fixed on heaven. But it's also instructive that when we submit ourselves to the truth of God, even in songs of praise and in prayer and in teaching, is that God is opening up his revelation for us of this is what it looks like to live with me. This is what it looks like to worship me and to honor me and submit to me. So it's formative and it's instructive. It was for the early church as they gathered for worship, to praise God and singing and to pray and to remember the Lord's Supper. And it's formative and instructive for us today that we gather and that there's power in gathering. That when we gather together, even when we have to do it online like we have to today, is that there's glory that is lifted up to God. When we gather and we say, Lord, you are our priority. You are our heartbeat. You are our hope. You are our truth. You are everything to us. And we honor you and submit to you. God receives glory from that. 
And then there's something that happens in our midst that we begin to be changed through relationship with God and one another. We begin to get changed through worshiping him and submitting to him. And, and God begins to lead us together into the life that he has for us. And so we, it's important for us to commit the Lord, how do I gather with your body to worship you? And so what's the next step for us? The next step is that we need to make a commitment of, Lord, how do I have a greater sense of commitment to gather with your body in the way that I can to worship you, that I might be shaped and led into your ways? So we gather together for worship. The second truth that we find from the early church uh, comes in the next verses, verse uh, 23. He says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful, encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That they gather together to do what? To encourage one another. And so here's what we do. We meet together for support. The early church gathered to help one another through some really difficult challenges. I mean, all around them, they were confronted with persecution like we might never know in our lifetime. They were confronted with those who had authority that literally were making life difficult for them. And even beyond that, for some of the early followers of Jesus, they were arrested and beaten and even killed for their faith in the way in following Jesus as the Messiah, the one who came to save and there was those with authority, but there were also those with influence all around them, right there in their very own communities who made life difficult, difficult for them. And, and for many of the followers of Jesus, they were isolated and they were separated from people that they once did life with and, and once did business with and, and once loved and were in relationship with because of their faith to follow Jesus. And so they needed to gather together to support and encourage each other through those struggles. And they really needed to do two things with one another. They needed to help each other hold on to hope to keep moving forward to do two things. Number one is that they would not give in to despair. Because often in times in following Jesus, when life gets hard, it's easy to give in to despair. How many of us know in 2022, it's easy to give in to despair? But also that they wouldn't give in to compromise that it would have been easier to just, you know, let me just bend a little and make my life just a little bit easier and make the struggle just not as hard. And so they needed to come together and say, don't lose the hope that we profess that helps us to keep moving forward, that Jesus is alive, that he did rise again and we can keep our eyes fixed on him. And so we don't give in to despair and we don't compromise what he's called us to do and how he's called us to live. And just like the early church, we need that as well to encourage one another to not give up and not give in. Jesse and I say all the time as we walk through struggles with people and we walk through struggles in our own life, I don't know how people do life in the church. When life gets hard, when it throws you a hard left turn, when, when something happens that you could have never prepared for and the people that love you and know you and we have this foundation by the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus that we share with one another and they come around you and help you and have faith for you when you doubt and have strength for you when you're weak and comfort you when you're hurting. How do people do life without that? 
And we've got to come together in all seasons of life. Because guess what? If we don't invest in the relationship before we need it, then we won't be in the position to have it or give it. And so we do give time over time and commitment to one another, encouraging each other and supporting each other. So what's our next step here? God, our, our next step is, Lord, help us to have a greater commitment to invest in relationship with other people that we can give and receive support and encouragement along the way. Because, Lord, I don't know when I'm going to need it or when somebody else is going to need it. And so I want to be positioned and ready when the time comes. But it wasn't just worship and support. There, there was more to this uh, community that they gathered. And so we continue to read. Verse 24, the writer says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. We spur one another on. The, the word, literal word there for spur on is the word to agitate. That we motivate each other in sometimes an uncomfortable way to keep following Jesus. So what does this mean for us? It means that we meet together for accountability. That the early church gathered asking the question, what does it mean for us today to be more faithful in following Jesus? How do we be made likeness in the likeness of Jesus in our jobs, in our families, in our communities, in every place that we are? How do we look more like Jesus tomorrow than we do today? What is it in our world, in our lives that needs attention from the Lord that we can be sanctified by the Spirit of God, that He's transforming us through the power of His Spirit and His Word? And the early church, they gathered often to pray for one another, that they confessed their sins to one another. I wonder how uncomfortable that would be for us today if we gathered on a regular base, basis to confess our sins. That's the invitation of Scripture. They prayed for one another. They called out false teaching. I wonder how many of us in the political landscape of 2022 need to gather and call out some false teaching in our world that we're believing. Or maybe it's not on a larger platform. Maybe it's just in our own hearts where we've agreed to a lie somewhere along the way and we need some freedom from that lie and that bondage and there might just be somebody in our world that can help us step out of that lie and be held accountable, not in a, so we've done something wrong, but so we're in a trapped place in our world that God is not wanting for us and we can move beyond that. So they would identify false teaching and they would help one another submit to the Spirit. And we do the very same thing today as we embrace community, is that we invest in relationships so that we can grow in Christ together. The best growth in Jesus never happens in isolation. The things that help us grow in Jesus are the teaching of Jesus, so understanding how to submit to his ways, it's the application of his ways and it's the motivation to live it out. We rarely, if ever, do that alone. We need to read God's word together. We need to help one another apply it and we inspire and motivate and hold one another accountable along the way. So what's our next step here? As that we've got to invest in some relationships where we build trust over time that we know and are known by someone in a way that we could hold each other accountable. 
in a way that doesn't feel like pointing a finger at somebody or having a finger pointed at you, but in a way where we are invested in this walk together and we can lovingly spur one another on to live this life that God has for us. So worship, support, accountability. And there's one more I wanna lift up for us. We go back to those same verses, 24 and 25. He says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward what? Toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. That there actually is a goal and a target for us that the life of Jesus gets lived out through our lives and that we're moving together toward a life that impacts and changes and transforms the world through love and good deeds, not as a way to earn heaven, not as a way to earn the grace and the mercy of God, but a reflection of the grace already given as heaven comes into our world and moves through us to others. That what they understood as that early church, as they gathered together for worship, is that worship had to continue beyond that gathering. And what they were doing together didn't just happen once a week, but they shared their lives together. They lived in the same community. They often ran in the same circles and had similar groups of relationships. And throughout each day, every day, every week, they were encouraging and supporting and agitating, motivating one another on and working together to transform their world for the gospel, for the good news of Jesus Christ. That other people would know through what they said and what they did that Jesus comes to save. That Jesus comes to redeem. That Jesus comes to set us free from brokenness and sin and death. And he comes to do what only God could do. And you and I, the church today, we are called to the very same things. That our worship must continue that we join our lives together. Guess what? We have some shared things together. All of us, we have gifts, spiritual gifts. As we say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit fills our lives and we have a spiritual gift meant for building up the church, the body of Christ. We have talents, we have relationships, we have resources, we have life experiences, and we join them together to take the gospel, the good news to the world, to your work, to your school, to your neighborhood. And here's the key, is that we do it better together than we do alone. And not only that, but that's the design of it all, is that we need one another to live out this mission. So what are we called to do? We gather together for ministry. We're gonna talk about this more in a couple of weeks. But I just wanna ask the question, are we invested in the lives of one another so that we can go beyond a weekly gathering or weekly joining in online? Are we joined together in such a way that we have trust, buy-in, hope, belief in one another, that Monday through Saturday, we are also joined a community to transform the world? So what's our next step? I think it starts with the question, Lord, What's my part in your mission in the world? And how can I join intentionally with others in community to bring your good news to the world? 
God, how do I get into a life group, a small group, an equipped class, a Sunday school? How do I join in worship? How do I get a part of a ministry team? God, what is my calling to transform your world? And all I'm asking is that we give it a try. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to, right? Give it a try. You're not going to know where it's going to lead when you step into community. You're not going to know the cost or all the the hard parts of it or where it's going to get difficult or where it may ask something of you that you didn't know if you had to give. But on the other side, we know that there's life in it. Look at the life of Jesus. What did he do as he came in ministry? He wasn't a solo act, but he gathered his disciples around to do community with them. And he invited them to know him and he knew them. And then he sent them out to be the life and breath in the beginning of what's called the church, the body of Christ. I wonder how many folks are struggling like I so often do, of moving beyond just connection to community. And so let me give you some next steps. What does it look like for us to give it a try? For those of you who your regular way of engagement because you're at a distance or maybe health concerns, your regular way of engagement is online. I just wanna give you a a simple first step. There's a chat box uh, online when we worship together. Engage in the chat box. Uh, Lift up something that God brings to your mind, a praise, a prayer, a, a truth that comes out in the word or in the worship. For those of you who try to gather in person to worship, but you're kind of hit or miss, I'm gonna ask you to to give it a try and make a commitment that week after week after week, it'll be a priority for you to show up and to worship. For those of you who have already made that commitment, perhaps your next step is to invite someone to come with you. I wonder when's the last time we invited someone to come experience the goodness of God? And so we commit ourselves to worship, but it's not just worship. It's all the other parts, the the support, the accountability, the ministry as well. And so we need engagement beyond just our time of worship. We need to be in community and smaller settings as well. And so if you're worshiping online and that's your regular way of connecting again because of distance or health concerns or whatever it might be, you need community as well. And so we're gonna start something new to try to, to meet that need and join with you. And we're gonna try to begin some online community groups. And so here's what I'm gonna do. In the chat box right now, we're gonna put a phone number. Pastor Hunter lifted it up earlier. Putting a phone number. And I wanna encourage you to text the word online, all one word, online to that number. And you're gonna get a response from us and try to help you find a place of community, even online. Now, for those of you who try to worship in person and you are connected in a group and you are invested in that, but maybe not all in, it's not a priority. You go once every other time or you can go if you can go. My encouragement for you, your next step is to make your community group, your life group, equip class, whatever it might be, make it a priority. And don't just show up, but take the courageous step that when you're in gathering together, that you will be vulnerable and allow yourself to be known by those around you. I know the risk that that is. 
but there's life on the other side. For those of you that are committed and you are making it a priority, perhaps it's time for you to, to invite somebody into that space or maybe it's time that God might be calling you to step out and lead an opportunity for people to be in community. One of the greatest obstacles to creating more spaces for people to join in community are finding people to lead. And perhaps God's calling you to let that be your next step. But would you give it a try? And just like I said last week, I'm going to make the big ask every week through this series. I don't want you to give, you to give it a try for a week or a month or a few months. Give it a try for one year. Because we too often give up while change is happening underneath the surface, but we don't see it yet. Give it a try for one year. And let's see what God's going to do. So I'm going to close out as I pray for you and pray for me that the Lord will stir in our midst, that, that God, you will give us some tangible steps today to move beyond just connection and move toward community where we know others and we know you and we're known by others and we're known by you. And we don't give in to despair. We don't give in to compromise, but we lean in to worship. We lean in to support. We lean into accountability. We lean into the ministry that God has created us for to do in community with each other. God, we need clarity and we need direction. We need a next step from you. So Holy Spirit, come and speak to us right now. And so let's pray, inviting the Spirit into our living rooms, kitchens, wherever you might be that he'll give us that next step. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for moving into our world, God, when, when we had sin and death and hopelessness and we could do nothing about it. Thank you, God, for coming into our world to conquer sin and death and give us hope for eternity and reconnect us with God, our Redeemer, our Creator, our Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for doing what we couldn't do. And thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that lives in us, that we are the tabernacle. Our bodies are the dwelling place of the presence of God. God, thank you for the gift of your spirit that joins us together. Thank you for the gift of your church. Forgive us, Lord, for taking it for granted that even when we could be apart, we often take the easy way out. We often stay away or we just try to stay on the edge. We don't wanna be uh, invested where something might be asked of us or we might have to do something uncomfortable. God, forgive us of that apathy and fill us with faith in what you're doing, passion for what you're doing, passion for loving and living with each other through this body of Christ. And Lord, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would be at work to give us clarity on the next step. Maybe it's online engagement or an online group, or maybe it's to make in-person worship a priority. Maybe it's to make a life group or some other way of joining a community a, a priority. Maybe it's to step up and lead or invite, Lord. But we need this body of Christ. We cannot do this in isolation. As we look through your word, Lord, you always spoke to people and nations you spoke to your body, the church, not just an individual. And we thank you that we're made to do life with each other. God, help us to move past the fears and the insecurities and whatever else might be a boundary between us and the life you want us to have together. 
to push through that trust in you, that we could have all that you want to happen in us and through us, through your church, God, that we bring glory to you. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name and in the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.